0: all right psalm 100 verse 5 says this psalm 100 verse 5 it's not in your notes the lord is always good he is always loving and kind and his faithfulness goes on and on to each succeeding generation the lord is always good He is always loving and kind and his faithfulness goes on and on to each and every generation the goodness of god one generation to the next one generation to the next he's out to come to you he's out to get to you reach out to you how many here 60 years old in the 60s 60s 50s 50s 40s 40s 30s 20s 10s i believe i think we'll leave 10s alone others you'll have to go to sunday school but 10s and teens yeah there you go so from generation to generation to generation the goodness of god carries on this is where we're at with psalm 23 come on the lord is my shepherd I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For His name valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever your rod and your staff they comfort me have you ever thought about that there's nothing comforting about a rod and a staff my dad used to have a rod and a belt And it was not comforting and there was a dedicated nail also, a hook for that, it was hanging there and whenever the time came for him to use that, to use his gift, uh, it was not a very comforting time. But now when I think back, it's amazing, your rod and your stuff, these are two actual instruments that a shepherd used to have and who's writing this? David, not Jesus, David. I know the right answer for everything is Jesus. <laughs> Who's driving the bus? Jesus. <laughs> my rod and my staff. He's very familiar with that. He's familiar with the idea of the rod and staff. Not just that he talks about it as a metaphor, but it's something he has personally used. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And how on earth are these two things a comfort? How are two sticks of such great a staff? Can you hear me at the back? Are we okay for sound? Everybody hear me? Okay, good. Rod is a down. Write it down. A rod is a tool for guarding and protecting. It was a straight stick. It was not bent. It was thick, it was heavy, and you could beat off animals, coyotes, you could beat off wolves, you could protect your sheep with that. It was a defensive uh, weapon. It was a defensive weapon. And sheep are essentially yeah, no claws, no bounce, no pounce, no, no bite, they, nothing, and they're looking down. They missed everything. They don't, they don't know what is going on. You know, they are absolutely defenseless. So your rod is a tool for guarding. A rod is a tool for guarding and protecting. Number two, the staff is a tool for guiding and directing for guiding and directing. You steer them, you stop them. you heard the phrase by hook or by crook. You start, the, the staff is a tool for guiding. So what is the meaning of these metaphors? Real quick, the rod represents power and authority. The rod represents power and authority because the shepherd is the one who's protecting. The shepherd is the one who's guarding. He's, he's the one who's, uh, uh, who's got the power to take care of the sheep It's a matter of authority, it's a matter of uh, power. The the staff represents care and compassion. Can you put me on the monitor so that I don't scream? I was raised in Mount Carmel School, so I was taught to... As were you, brother. (laughs) Okay, the rod represents what? power and authority and the staff represents care care and compassion the staff was the long one with the hook it's not a walking stick it looks like a walking stick but it's much much longer so it's either you're really tall or never mind so it's got that hook on the end right and you kind of reach out and grab a sheep that is so grab it by the legs, grab it by the neck, whatever you choose, bring it back onto the force. So it was guiding and uh, direction, guiding and direction. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20, Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. I want you to understand this metaphor as we look at this psalm, the Lord is my CEO, uh-uh. the Lord is my captain, uh-uh. the Lord is my director, king, Martin, uh-uh. the Lord is my, the metaphor gives you the picture of the way Jesus sees you, he sees you as one who requires him completely, needs, you, needs him completely and he's the great shepherd of the sheep, John 10 verse 10 and 11, all of us know this passage especially if you've been to uh, VBS, I came so that the sheep will have life. And everything Then underline that. Highlight it. This morning i very excited. Some one lady in the in the front row in the had a highlighter. I thought it was pretty cool. Don't act it. I'm please right? <laughs> they might have how much? Everything. They might have everything they need. I'm gives his life for his sheep. He gives his life for his sheep. See you. How does he see you? As sheep. What does he need to give to you as sheep? Number one? Rod and stuff. Number one? Protection? And number two? Direction, direction guidance. Are you getting the picture here? you thinking with me? Very good. What does a sheep need? A sheep needs protection. It's defenseless. What does a sheep need? A sheep needs guidance. It wanders off. Okay, so when I come to Jesus, when I come to Jesus, when, I, when I'm a shepherd of this great shepherd, he gives me how much of what I need? Everything of what I need. The title of today's sermon is, How does Jesus treat, circle, his sheep? How does Jesus treat his sheep? He's God of all creation, God of the universe. But a total different relationship and context to the ones who choose to follow him. How does Jesus treat his sheep? Let's go with number one. Number one, notice that every line line starts with an if, because it's conditional. You choose this. You choose this. A shepherd is not going to grab sheep from somewhere else. A shepherd is not going to take over your life. If you choose to follow him, he will take care of you. If I bring him my hurts, if I bring him my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion, Jesus shows me compassion, that is incredible, I'll tell you why. If I bring in my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion. (laughs) He's not like a teacher or a parent sometimes and you come broken, you've come hurt, you've bruised yourself. You come and the first thing you do is get a yelling. I told you, why didn't I tell you? Look at what you've done. Now bleed to death. It serves you right. I know you're not like that but you know, it's, am (laughs) I? Jesus is not like that. Look at what the scripture says. When Jesus saw the crowds, this is dropping, isn't it? Is the sound dropping? let's let's get that away when Jesus saw the crowds his heart was filled with compassion for them because they were hurting they were hurting and didn't without a shepherd there's a difference between sympathy and empathy sympathy says oh I feel sorry for you but empathy says I'm with you sympathy says everyone is looking at Amindra Sympathy says, I feel sorry for you. Empathy says, I am with you. I am with you. Is that better? A lot of distraction today. You know what that means? God is at work and Satan is at work. A lot of distraction. And yesterday I had a lot of distraction. And I had to to deal with some difficult issues yesterday till late night. God is at active. Somebody over here is going to get blessed today. So... Let's pick up this thing. I'm not, I'm not giving up. Number one, if I bring my hurts to Jesus, Jesus shows me compassion. When Jesus saw the crowds, his heart was filled with compassion. Matthew 20 verse 28 says, I came here not to be served but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom. To give my life as a ransom. You've got to understand that when you come to Jesus with your hurts, with your pains, with your issues, when you come to Jesus, you don't get a slap on the wrist first. That's not what you get. You don't get bombarded, you don't get hassled, you get healed. You don't get pointed at, you don't get, didn't I tell you, why didn't, I? why didn't you listen? No, that's not what you get. You get a hug, you get an embrace, you get, you get acceptance the, the moment you come hurt and bruised. Most of the times the hurts are caused by you. You took the decision, you went down that, that road, you, you chose that relationship, you made that choice. Most of our hurts are self-inflicted. Yet when we come to God, his answer is not judgment, his answer is compassion. Are you with me? Are you with me? And I want to say something here and don't listen to what I'm saying carefully and it could be argued from several angles, but don't hear what I'm not saying. For you, for you, life is not about you. It's about God. For you, life is not about you. It's about God. But for Jesus, life is about you. For Jesus, life is about you. You may say, oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Scripture says that for Jesus, he was committed to the Father. Even you preach that. Jesus is committed to the Father. Yeah, he's committed to the Father. And the Father has given commitment to you. He's put us in his hands. He has given us to him. Therefore, John 17 is his high priestly prayer. So for Jesus, it's you. In what sense? In a shepherd-sheep sense. In a shepherd-sheep sense. As committed as a shepherd is to his sheep no matter what the cost he's willing to give up for his sheep, he will do it. As a mother is committed to her infant, if I bring him my hurts, you can be guaranteed that you will get a safe place for healing. You will get his compassion. You can always bank on his compassion. Number two, if I choose to follow him, if I choose to follow him, it is your choice, it's a decision, it's not something that is forced upon you. No parent, no church, no, nobody else can tell you who to be and what to be and what religion to be. But you are to choose that. It's your wisdom that makes you choose. If I choose to follow him, Jesus leads me in the right direction. Jesus leads me in the right direction if I choose to follow him. The fact here is that the shepherd always knows more than the sheep. Would you agree with me on that? The shepherd always, if there's a conference and the sheep are getting together and you know he's one, we are many. What do you have to say to them? You shut up and go with the shepherd. We're going with the shepherd. He's the smart, he's taller. We're going with the shepherd. Sheep always, always Need to follow the shepherd. shepherd. always knows. Psalm twenty-three, verse three. He leads me in the right paths. The paths of righteousness. He leads me in the right paths for His name's sake. I told you, He's got a higher risk at stake here. His name is at stake. His His honor is at stake. So He leads you in the right path for His name's sake. He will never lead you in the wrong direction. He will never lead, listen to me. You're not, your heart is not listening to me. He will never lead you down a relationship, down a career, down a pathway, down a decision where you will regret in the end. Not happening. Not happening. God will not do that. He will never lead you. And where you even feel you're coming to a crossroad or where you feel you got the Red Sea in front of you, He'll part the Red Sea. But He will never lead you in the wrong direction. John 10, verse 4 says, Jesus is a good shepherd, walks ahead of the sheep. Isn't that beautiful? He walks ahead of the sheep and they follow him for they recognize his voice. So you lead sheep but you drive cattle. You know what I'm talking about? You drive cattle but you lead sheep with your voice. And you go ahead because you take anything that comes their way. You take anything that comes their way and you protect them. So if I choose to follow Jesus... He leads me in the right direction. David also wrote in Psalm 26 verse three, "Your constant love is my guide." Do you have that? Your constant love is my, and your faithfulness always leads me." So note, Jesus leads with love, not with laws. You have not entered into a theological institution. You have not entered into a, uh, a theological frame, uh, school of thought, a framework of mind. You have entered into a relationship and relationships are ruled by love and not by laws. Yeah? Your constant love is my guide. You have come, many of you have grown in the Lord, you have walked close to Jesus, you have come to understand the, the, the significance and the weight and the gravity of what it means to be led by someone who really loves you the decisions he makes for you the, the, the ways he leads you the way in which he leads you the methods he chooses you eventually figure that that it is love it is loving number three if I get confused and wander off oh, do I get confused and wander off? Mm. sheep? <laughs> if I get confused and wander off Jesus smacks me on the back and says I told you not to go astray no 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 don't write that down write this Jesus finds and brings me back Jesus finds and brings me oh gosh this is beautiful Jesus finds and brings me back if I get confused and wander off Jesus finds me and brings me back look at what Matthew chapter 18 verse 12 says if a sheep sorry if a shepherd has a hundred sheep do you remember this one If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one, just one, wanders away and is now lost. So successfully wandering. He's wandered away to the point of loss. Won't he leave the 99 safe sheep and go, underline, search. Go and search for the lost one. Are you got it? Go and search for the lost one. I want you to listen to me very carefully for the next few minutes. I mean, right throughout, but pretty much for the next two minutes, I want you to look at me and listen to me with your eyes. This is the reason why God came to earth. For those of you who are Christians, for those of you who are not Christians, for those of you who are in between, for those of you who are outside, I don't care. This is the reason God came to earth, Jesus came to earth. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save. Look at that word, seek. I came looking. I came looking for you. I came. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Okay, let's do it again. If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one wanders off and then gets... Please stick with the process here. One wanders off and gets lost. Wouldn't he go and search? And then he says, I have come to seek and to save... Those who are lost. The Bible, Christ, Christianity is a, not about the search for God. It is about God's search for you. God came searching for you. The shepherd doesn't, sorry, the sheep doesn't know where the shepherd is. The shepherd knows where the sheep is. The shepherd knows. Where the sheep could be. The shepherd knows how lost the sheep is. The shepherd knows where the sheep is at. The sheep could never go looking for the shepherd. God wants you to know you are not responsible for your lostness. He'll come looking for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. That's what this faith is about. That's what this Bible is about. It's about how God left his throne in heaven and came searching for those who had wandered off and are now lost. That is love. You don't leave me to the, to the to consequences of, um, of my own wanderings. It's in me to wander. It's in a child to wander off. Have you ever, those of you who have little children or have had little children, have you ever sat down with your child and said, oh, let's do one on one. This is the basics of how to get lost. <laughs> we're going to go to the mall, we're going to go to Sarojini Nagar, we're going to go to uh, wherever. And uh, this is how you're going to get lost. How many, let me teach you how to wander off and give your mother a heart attack. How many of you have had to do that? nobody nobody's ever had and how many children have wandered off pretty much everyone and the kid is just he's just he's he just looks in and he's gone he or she is just gone and the mother and the father and they have employed everyone look for my child showing pictures taking everything and they're running around in circles they go looking searching looking do you get that heart do you get that compassion do you get it's my child i'm not going to just leave and go I'm not going to say, oh, some children, you know, some children are like that. Some go to hell. Some go to heaven. That's how it is. Life. No. You go looking and you don't give up until you find it. And you find your child. And when you find your child, you say, oh, that's, that's great. That's fine. Come, come. Come, Peter. come let's, let's go home. Let's go. Here's an ice cream. Come, let's go. That's what we do, right? Nothing doing. Nothing doing. Your mother almost had a heart attack. I almost had an aneurysm. Now we will have the talk we will have the talk, my father didn't talk, (laughs) he communicated, but he didn't talk, he's a preacher, but uh, with others there were three points, with me there was no point, if you know what I mean, there's the talk, there's the talk. All we like sheep have wandered off. We've all gotten lost. We've all done our own thing. We've all gone our own way. And God has piled on Jesus our sin. Everything we have ever done is piled on Jesus. There is punishment and there is discipline. Are you getting this? Don't lose track with me. There is punishment and there is uh, 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 discipline. And because Jesus loves you... Because God loves you, he will correct you. You did wander off. We have evidence of that. You did wander off. So when you wander off, he will come and save you. But the saving will soon be succeeded with a disciplining. And why? Why would he discipline you? Because he doesn't want you going down that track again. He doesn't want you wandering off again. He doesn't want you to lose fellowship with him again. An undisciplined child is an unloved child. An undisciplined child is an unloved child. We discipline our children in studies, but we hardly discipline our children in behavior and belief. We say, oh, that is like that, their children No, we don't. We don't. An un- undisciplined child is an unloved child. So what does God do to keep you from wandering? Psalm 119, verse 67, 68 I used to wander off, David says. I used to wander off. That was a track record. Until you, Lord, disciplined me. But now I closely follow your word. You are good and you only do good. So train me in your principles. Discipline, training. Discipline, training. What is training? Training is putting into habit so that you may not wander again. Got it? So what is God's ultimate goal with regard to discipline so that you don't get lost again? It is a protective measure. It's a protective measure. So there is punishment. There is punishment. Punishment has to do with penalty for the past. Are you listening to me? Punishment has to do with penalty for the past. Discipline has to do with training for the future. The past is forgiven. The future is forgiven is in your hands the past is covered it says very clearly the lord has taken all our iniquities and has laid it on christ jesus went to the cross 2017 years ago and he took the burden of the sin of all people all time every kind of sin and he paid for it once and for all sin was against god therefore god can decide how much it is agreed and since god can decide how much it is god can write the bill And God can give the bill to Jesus and Jesus can pay for it long before you can show up to even do the sin. So Jesus, 2017 years ago, died, said it is finished and paid for your sin. Are you with me? Now it would be unjust for God to punish you again for a sin that Jesus has already paid for. So God does not punish you again, ever. No. There is no more punishment left for any sin Period. If you are a child of God, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus, it has been taken care of. So don't go saying, oh, this is not happening to me. That's not being provided to me. This is not opening for me. This is not working out for me. This sickness, that, uh, that problem, this issue is because God is punishing me. Ah, oh, God doesn't punish you. This is not those, that, that school of thought. We don't have a bunch of angry gods that we need to keep appeasing because we need to keep them happy so that we can carry on with our lives. God is a good shepherd and God took care of the sin principle. He took care of the sin issue long before I was born. That's loving. That's loving. But how how did he know that how much I was going to sin It's not how much you sin, it's that you sinned. So even if you sinned only one, slippery slope only goes one way. Are you with me? So God knew the bill and God paid the bill. And after he's paid the bill once, he's not, he never punishes. Now what does he do? Because he loves you, he... So the question you don't ask is, God, what are you punishing me for? Why is this happening to me? You ask, God, what do you want me to Learn. What are you disciplining me for? What are you wanting me to learn? Is there problems in your life that God might have allowed or brought about? Yes. Because pain is the best teacher. Pain is the best teacher. PowerPoint is not a good teacher. Yeah? Lessons are not a good teacher. Examples and testimonies are... Pain works. I mean, just one week of pain and you... You're like, I get it. I get it. Then you say, but, but Pastor Jeremy, why three years? Why cancer? Why organ failure? Why long valley experiences? Why does God not let up sometimes? Well, I've got a different message for that. But even that is a valley experience with God where he teaches you deep, deep things. Deep, deep things. There is swimming and there is deep sea diving. And when you go deep, deep, deep under the sea, you see a world that people on earth don't get to see. And unless you're willing to take the pressure of going that deep, God can't show you deep things. God can't show you deep things. So God never punishes those who Jesus who have trusted Jesus for their salvation. God Disciplines us. He disciplines us. Psalm 119, verse 71 says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Psalm 119 verse 67, 68, I used to wander off, but now you train me in your principles. So how do I do this? How does God keep me from wandering off? What's the questions I should ask? Question number one, how do I keep from wandering off into preventable problems? Number one, be trained for God's principles. Be trained in God's principles. Know God's principles. Have a wisdom principle. Listen to me very carefully. Even if you don't write it, it's not in your notes. Take, Take mental notes here. Have a wisdom principle for every aspect of your life. How do I answer difficult people? How do I show patience to my family when I'm tired? When I'm in pain? When I'm being misunderstood, how do I react? How do I deal with sexual purity? How do I deal with relational or, 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 or verbal purity with my words, my, my tone of voice, how, conflict resolution, conflict situations? When people misunderstand, when I am stabbed, when I am betrayed, how do I respond to that? Have a wisdom principle and that comes from the word. And if you don't already have that, when the situation arises, you can't wing it and say in the moment let me see what happens. You will always take the emotional and sentimental response to it and you will always go back to God, Lord I screwed up. Because you don't have it, you're sheep. You're sheep. Humble yourself and realize you're sheep. You're not a sheep with a little bit of shepherd in you. It doesn't work like that. You're sheep. And you've got to be led by the shepherd. The shepherd gives you wisdom, and wisdom comes in the Word. Wisdom comes in the Word. Question number two How do I get trained in God's principles? How do I get trained in God's principles? I closely follow God's Word. I closely follow God's word. God's word is instructional, not just inspirational. God's word is instructional. When your father or your mother gives you instructions, it's clear instructions. And sometimes you need to not just have wisdom principles, which can broadly apply. Sometimes you need to have clear principles. When God clearly says, this is wrong, don't do this, don't go, and he draws clear lines, don't say, why God is doing this to me, how can he do this, how narrow-minded can your faith, don't get into that. Understand that there are clear instructions. I cook for some of you who, who have kind of picked it up on, online. Uh, I, I, lo- I love to cook, because those of you who work with your mind, you relax with your hands. So, for me, every day, almost every day, I swing by the market, I pick up some stuff, and I go to the kitchen, straight, pretty much straight to the kitchen, and I begin to cook. I don't do this to, 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 to be an example of anything. I do this because I find it very relaxing. In summer, it's a bit hot, but winter, is lovely. You know, and then and then you've got the barbecuing in winter and everything, and the uh, barbecue sauce, uh, and you baste it, and you kind of get that get the sizzles. And... So, anyway, uh, I like to cook. And I found lately that there's a difference between stir fry cooking, cooking on the stove, and and, and baking. I know there's a general difference. You know, Jerry, you put one in the oven, <laughs> one is on. Yeah, but on a stir fry cooking, you can do the Chinese thing. You can just walk it up. You know, you can throw stuff in. You can let's put a little bit of more of that. Let's do this, let's that. and you can come up with your own recipe. And you can take it off the stove and you can put it back on the heating. You say all that drama you can do, but baking, there's a recipe. And if it says 10 grams, you put 10 grams, you don't get generous, let's put it in there, let's just see what happens. You put 10 grams, and if you don't follow the recipe, you'll get some other monster come out of that thing. You will not get what you originally, when, when you think of a stuff, right, you know, a hundred different things. When you think of cake, cake is cake. Cake is cake. There are expectations. How you cut it, how it feels, how it tastes, what it, the, 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 the dynamic between the sodium, the, 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 the baking soda and the gluten. And you, yeah. <laughs> God's word not ju- doesn't just give you broad scope, broad structure, uh, principles for life, which you should know, by the way, in given situations, sometimes he gives you clear instruction and when you don't follow clear instruction you will wander off thirdly get how do i closely follow god's word accountability accountability when you have tools when you have people to do life with it holds you close to god it holds you close to to what god is saying here's what it is here's what it is we i i I do a devotion for you guys. I, I want to pray with my congregation. I want to envision families you know, gathered around and then they put on my prayer and the prayer and the reading happens. So even if somebody in the family, I can't read, I can't pray, I can't at least play. the. That's a basic, it's, it's spoon feeding, okay? And then I went to the app and I put it on the app and people are like, we don't know how to download the app or can't download the app or I have got a Nokia 3310 and all that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I went back from the app to the WhatsApp. Okay, I did a little survey, and everybody's like, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, okay, so I put it back on the WhatsApp. Then still, out of 230 people, about 20, 25, 30 people are listening to it. I know. I have ways. Okay, so 20, 30 people. So, so I reduced it from 8 minutes to 2 minutes. Now about 50 people are listening to it. Because 2 minutes, now you're going to, you know, 2. We will make every effort, I as your shepherd on earth, in the basement here, will make every effort to get the word to you okay we, we are making study videos we're going to make exegetical teaching from 3rd of September onwards I'll be teaching you community of uh, 40 days of community but in the first service I'll be doing expository teaching so you get a double dose of, of that you get deeper life teaching from 3rd of September we're going to start uh, a little you know uh, service a communion service at 9.30 this in the morning here so that you can come and have communion and study the word together and then continue into ministry we've got all sorts of options there's small groups there's big groups there's Bible study groups there's home groups there's online offline there are several ways to get into god's word that's not the question of the how the question is will you will you make it a point to ensure that you don't keep falling over and over again number four if i fail and fall jesus rescues and recovers me if i fail and fall jesus rescues and recovers me so like all sheep we all stumble and fall many times everybody does that right but every time I wander away from the shepherd, there's trouble. But Jesus rescues me. I walk into trouble, Jesus rescues me and he recovers me. How does Jesus react to my failures when I blow it? If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, you will, not, will you not rescue it and lift it out? He asks the people there. He asks the people. On a Sabbath, even on a Sabbath, will you break the rules to save your sheep? And everybody said, yeah, we would do that. Why? Why? I want you to understand this. I'm going to drive this home. Number one, it's a sheep. Number two, it's my sheep. If any of you has a sheep, he didn't ask if you will save his sheep. You got that? If any of you has a sheep, if it falls into a ditch, into a pit, many of us fail. All of us fail. And we fall into a pit. We fall into a moral pit. We fall into a financial pit. We fall into... uh, an emotional pit, there are pits in our life and we fall into it, the sheep didn't plan to get there, it kind of just stumbled its way in, it wandered, it stumbled its way, if a sheep falls into a pit will you not pick it up, if it falls four times will you not pick it up, if it falls 17 times will you not pick it up, so you're standing there in your theological framework of mind saying why would God keep forgiving me keep keep rescuing me from the same trouble, from the same problem from the same issue, I want to explain that to you today once and for all, I want to drive this home if you fall into the same pit over and over again and your failure is making you feel like you are forgotten. Why would God, why would Jesus, your shepherd, keep pulling you out of the same pit? Because you are his sheep. Because you are, an, you are a sheep and you are his sheep. I have 2,000 rupee note. I have a 2,000 rupee note. It's worth 2,000 and it's my 2,000. What have we established. It's worth 2,000 and it is my 2,000 rupee note. You also have a 2,000 rupee note. So it's not mine. This is mine. Okay, he, She takes it from me. Ananya takes it from me. She just takes it from me. And she uses it and she buys some stuff and the note goes to Sylvia and Sylvia uses it again and it gets used and used and, and it gets used for different purposes and it changes hands and goes all over the place until it comes to... Uh, Finally, when it's coming back to you, do I still want it? Do I still want it? Two reasons. It's worth and it is my 2,000 rupees. You can fall as many times as you want. You can dig a deeper pit as long as you want. You can run from God. You can fall in the same pit over and over and over again. And you can tell yourself, in your grace, in your limited grace, you can tell yourself, God's not going to pick me out of this anymore he's not going to you know come for me anymore but jesus will still come understand this not because of your performance not because of your misery not because of the fact that you keep falling into the same pit but because two things say it because you are valuable and because you are his that never ceases to be you are made in the image of god and you belong to him he came for his own He didn't come to make his own. He didn't come to start a religion and say, who would like to be mine? He came for his own. You were already his. Remember, those who have wandered and then lost. You were his. You were lost and now you are found. And the reason he will pick you out of that pit, pick you out of that pit, pick you out of that pit, is because of your value and because he loves you. He owns you. I love Jesus. And I serve Jesus Not because I have anything within me that renders me worthy, warrants me worthy of a relationship with Jesus. I love Jesus because he just doesn't give up on me. He just won't let me go. And it took me half my life, half of a lifetime. It took me half a line to figure out that my performance weighs very little on the whole scale. Of things. Of what motivates the heart of God. And once you figure out what motivates the heart of God. You will stop running from him. And you will start running to him. If I fail or fall. Jesus rescues and recovers me. Lastly if I trust him to save me. He keeps me saved. He keeps me saved. He says no one can steal me out of my hand. No one can steal you out of my hand. My father gave me my sheep. He gave my sheep to me. He is greater than them all. And no one can steal my sheep out of my father's hand. If you truly committed your life to Jesus Christ. Satan cannot steal your salvation. Sin cannot steal your salvation. Suffering cannot steal. Sick nothing. can. L- l- let's look at God's word. Let's look at God's word. Let's read it together. Romans chapter 8 verse 38. Do you have it? Do you have it? Romans chapter 8 verse 38. Do you have it? No? Is it on the screen? No. Let me read it for you. There is nothing that can ever separate us from the love of uh, God. Death can't, life can't, angels can't, demons can't, our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or deepest in the ocean, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to stretch us, come between us, tear us apart from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You could try to lose your salvation and you won't be successful because you didn't get it in the first place. God did. You can choose to not want to be saved anymore and God will still say no because I wanted it. Jesus has the power of God by which he has given us everything we need to live and serve God. We have these things because we know him look at that last verse we have these things because we know him take a moment to bow your heads render to god worship that is genuine render to god worship that reflects your heart reflects your gratitude for him